James is concerned about our tongue. And in that connection, what does he say he doesn't want many to be? Isn't that kind of surprising? I thought everybody was supposed to be a teacher. Why should not many be teachers? Not just that. Why? Yes, a teacher has so much responsibility. Think about what happens if a teacher teaches something wrong and leads people to do the wrong thing. Think about how a teacher could be jealous, could be uh, produce strife, and can be domineering. And a teacher can do a lot of damage with the wrong attitude. So because a teacher could do so much harm, he's saying, whoa, wait up here a minute. Don't everybody rush off to be teachers. Now there's a sense in what he wants us to teach, but he wants us to do it only after we've really thought about and weighed the seriousness of the responsibility. You know, if there ever a time something like this would happen, maybe it happened more among guys, but you know, they need somebody to maybe uh, you know do something like preach or teach or something. So I was like, me, me, I want to, I want to, big me, I'll do it. Is that the attitude we ought to have in teaching? That shows kind of like we're not taking it that seriously. It'd be like if I had a brain tumor. You said, oh, me, me, I got a knife. I can do it, I'll cut it out. Would that be the kind of person you want to choose to operate on your brain tumor? No, you know, it's like, you know, teaching is serious business. Wielding the sword of God we have to do it really wisely. We have to know it well. So we shouldn't just rush out impulsively to teach. What would be a reason maybe people would want to teach so eagerly? Well, you always look up to somebody who's teaching them. Yes, you like to get the attention, like people looking up to you. That's a really bad reason. If that's what somebody's thinking, they should not teach. Because they're not taking the responsibility seriously enough. This is not an honor. This is an opportunity to really serve and help people. He says, you know, there's a variety of ways in which people stumble, but the way in which almost everybody stumbles is with the tongue. You know, almost everybody, you know, sins in this way. Comments or questions about verses 1 and 2? Like three to six. We put bits in the horse's mouth so that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be, they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is their own neighbor. And six. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among the members that it is fire, fire of the whole body, and set it on fire because of nature and it is set on fire. 
Now, we said James does great with finding illustrations. What does he compare the tongue to here? Compares it to a fire. Uh, to a fire, and what else? A to a bit in the horse's mouth, and to what else? A rudder on a ship. Now, I'll tell you, I know nothing about ships and rudders. What about trucks and steering wheels? You can take a great big truck and a relatively small steering wheel that you can turn pretty easily will direct the direction of that truck. Isn't that amazing? Such a little thing. A bit in a horse's mouth. I don't know much about horses, but I understand the little bit, depending on what you do with the reins, can direct the horse. Or a spark in a fire. Now, do you see why he chooses those kind of things? These are very small things that have an impact way out of proportion to their size. That's the way the tongue is. The tongue can do so much. You think about, I, I, I'd use a cigarette, except I've never lit a cigarette in my life, so I don't know much about that. What if we took a candle? Now, what does it take to, you know, stop a candle from burning? What? Yeah. But what if you throw a lighted candle out in a woods as dry as, as it is right now? What'll happen? And then what's it what does it take to stop the forest fire? A lot of water. Oh yeah, it's a whole different matter. When it's just on the candle, you can blow it out with your breath. Gets into the forest, it ignites all that. You can't possibly control it. You see the tongue, such a little thing, but then it will have devastating consequences that you can't even control. He says in verse 6, with the tongue's of fire. You know, it's, it's dangerous, deadly stuff. Don't handle recklessly something that can be so devastatingly destructive like, like that. You know, in fact, just think about it. We use the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Well, it's a whole lot easier to heal the damage done by sticks and stones than by the tongue. In fact, I want to use an illustration. And uh, I'm going to be really careful with this. I don't want anybody to uh, sort out uh, anything about this. Well, this was many, many years ago. But there were, uh, there were some people who uh, near Halloween were going to toilet paper my yard. And uh, mostly young people. And they came over to my house. I was inside the house, but they came over to my house in three cars at night. And they all got out and they started, you know, rolling the trees of toilet paper. Well, at some point, I don't know what happened exactly, but they all got scared. They like thought I was finding it out or I was coming out or something. So they all kind of panicked, jumped into the cars. But they didn't necessarily jump back into the cars that they'd come in. And there was a young man in the front seat of one of the cars that started talking bad about one of the girls that had come in one of the other cars. And then it got on for quite a while before somebody finally told him that she was sitting right behind him listening. He was a good guy. He felt horrible. He apologized. I think he was talking about how she was kind of weird. 
ancient kind of world. Now, what happens in a case like that? You know, you can apologize all you want to, but it's kind of like the damage is done. I mean, you know, he did feel really, really bad. But you can't unsay something. The tongues are fire. If you're not careful, that thing will get out of hand and it'll hurt someone. He says in verse 6, it's the very world of iniquity. It's like saying that all the sin in the world is wrapped up in that little piece of flesh. You know, we oftentimes think about the world out there. But James said, you think about the world in here. You know, you've got the, the sin of the world in the tongue. I just wrote down a list, got from somewhere, of just a handful of the sins of the tongue. But think about things the tongue can do. The tongue can blaspheme, lie, flatter, defame, incite, inflame, break hearts, embitter families, divide churches, whine, criticize, blame, boast. That's just the start of the list. There's so many damaging things the tongue can do. He says it defiles the entire body. It'll just pollute your whole body. It sets on fire the course of our life, and it's set on fire by hell. You know, the bottomless pit inspires some of the terrible things that come out of people's minds. So he's really warning us really strongly about the danger of what we say. Comments? Seven and eight. So, what are some of the animals men have been able to tame? Dogs, horses, lions. Definitely not bats. <laughs> we haven't figured that one out. How about dolphins and whales and serpents and birds and so forth and so on? But as vast as man's taming powers are, there's one animal that has never been tamed the tongue. Now maybe he's trying to say by that that man cannot tame the tongue, only God can. Or maybe he's trying to say by that you can never tame the tongue, so you always gotta keep it on a leash, because you can never let go of it, you can never trust it to behave itself. But either way you say, you really have to watch the tongue. It's a very, very dangerous thing. You know, for every deed you wish you could undo, there'll be five words you wish you could unsay. Like thoughts? I was watching Lord of the Rings a few weeks ago. And the and the scene where the Ents are having their big big meeting to talk about if they're gonna go to war or not, one of the lines that the main person said is like in their language it takes forever to say something. Um it just kinda got me thinking about kind of exactly what said. Like, we never say anything unless it's worth taking the time to say. Because it took them like five hours to say good morning. Wow. Yeah, so. That might be helpful to us. You might say less bad stuff, yes.
Thank you. 